welcome back to Radio Brews News, the podcast where time is indeed the fifth ingredient, or should we say uh, the time it's been since we last recorded a podcast. As always, I'm joined by my good friend, colleague, yada, 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 yada. He's a tong master, he's a presenter, he does a little bit of everything. Pete Mitchum, welcome back. G'day, mate. G'day, listeners. Good to be back. Yeah, time. Mate, it's been so long, I've forgotten all of your titles. So I'm sorry, uh, I don't mean to disrespect no, you in any way no, over no, that no intro. No offence taken. And in fact, I've, um, yes, I've actually accrued a couple of other titles since we uh, we last spoke. But that's, Namely? that's just between friends. No, I'm just making it up, just to make you feel bad. Welcome back, everybody. Oh. It was great to hit those dulcet tones of uh, the Six Fat Dutchman. Uh, I didn't realise how much <laughs> I'd missed it. And, and interestingly, though, do you reckon... People have missed us. I, I know Mate, I, just in the last few weeks, catching up with people at, well, over the last few months, so let's say it's a good beer week here in Melbourne, um, at a couple of uh, events between now and then, uh, Beer Academy launched down here in Melbourne and more recently up in the inaugural Queensland Beer Week, the number of people who have said, oh, you sound different um, you know, in real life than you do uh, you know, on, on, the, on the wireless, uh, I listen to you all the time. When, when are you doing another one? The, the, the number of people, um, and I don't know, you might be able to help us out whether the figures bear out the, uh, the anecdotal evidence, that people seem to um, have taken a shine to this thing we call Radio Bridge News. They have indeed, and I hadn't because we hadn't been putting anything up. I'd not been looking at the traffic, but I had a look this morning, given that we were going to do one, and yeah, there's been a... a a surprising number of uh, people. It, it, it's actually worth doing. But is it fair to I say mean, more we've gone from hundreds to thousands? We have gone from hundreds to thousands. Yeah. Yes, uh, thousands of downloads. So yeah, for, for this little thing, and as you said, Prof, you know, it started coming in uh, in May um, when uh, Victorian Good Beer Week was on, um, or Melbourne Good Beer Week. Um, the number of people that commented, "Oh, when are you going to do it again?" And it's just sort of escalated, and then. When in my own hometown, Brisbane, uh, you were up recently for Queensland Beer Week, and the number of people that came up and said, "Oh, look, I listen to the podcast. You know, are you going to do one while Prof is up here?" And it just felt very, very selfish of me not to be letting them listen to your dulcet tones, Prof. So yeah, <laughs> and, and just um, by, just even by though way we don't uh, explanation rather than uh, you know excuse or anything like that, but uh, we basically it's been a conscious decision to I guess shelve Radio Brews News for the. Um, uh, a, for the time that it takes us, I guess, to to come up with what we consider is a professional life product to, to unleash on the public. Uh, and Such as, such as such it is, yes. <laughs> professional is a very uh, relative term, And of I course. think poss- possibly um, having had a chance to listen to some other um, various podcasts, both beer-related and non, uh, I think our idea of, even our unprofessional is still probably a few levels above some other people's um, perception of, of professional. So... Perhaps we need to not worry so much about the time it takes us, uh, and the time it takes is important because it, it, what it means is it, it takes us away from a, you know, looking after our families, which is our, I guess, our our main, you know, the prime caregiver role that both of us um, have with our respective families, but also the opportunities that we've had for actual paid work has had to come first before we do, I guess, you know, like a, a hobby sort of project. So, without wanting to make excuses, that's the reason that I guess we've um, we consciously had to shelve. Uh, Radio Brews News, but you know you you, you can't hold back the uh, the tsunami of public opinion. Uh, so here we go. We'll, we'll Give the people what exactly. they want. Exactly. Let's unleash it upon them in all its rocky <laughs> amber glory. Yeah, and I mean that, that's right. I mean, it, it, I think we both. This is our favourite part of what we do. Um, but it is just very time demand. You know, time demanding. You can't just do it. Um, any, you know, anywhere and any time the way that you can, for example, um, with some of the things we write on, on the website, you know, which fits in a little bit more around our schedules and uh, also just fitting it in, in around the paid work that we do, um, which obviously we uh, is something we can't ignore completely. So, yeah. But, um, well, it's something that our families won't let us ignore. <laughs> it, it, it's Yes, yes, um, exactly. And But people obviously get a kick out of it and... Uh, you know, I, I think it is one of the best ways to communicate the information that we want to commu- communicate through uh, Brews News yeah, yeah. Um, because, you know, as we keep saying, um, beer isn't just... Well, yeah, and, and that's not just a clever slogan on the website. It's it's really the approach that we take. 
Um, so yeah, anyway, that, that's enough uh, giving ourselves huge pats on the back. But yeah, thank you, uh, genuine um, and you know, very heartfelt and humble thanks to everyone that listens to the podcast that has taken the time to, to tell us um, that they enjoy it. It really is gratifying. And uh, who needs money when you've got that? That's right. Just be prepared for some cruddy <laughs> editing, uh, pauses, crackles, pops, all that sort of shit. As long as you can put up with that, uh, then we'll keep doing it. And, to, and particularly a special um, shout out to all the brewers who um, who have taught who contacted us to tell us that uh, you know brew day is you know we, we start off early in the morning with you know crank up a few rounds of whatever music uh, you know the, the boys like to play but then when it comes time for sort of you know uh, settling the brew and, and watching things happen and watching temperatures and that sort of thing they like to, to listen to radio brew so it's it's nice to know that we've you know got our fingers in the pulse we've got our, our thumb in the wort so to speak and uh, we're just sort of um, helping uh, grease the wheels of, uh, of good beer in this country. That is a nice little bit of symmetry to that, because it, it, it has surprised me a little bit that the brewers have said that. But then, you know, I, I think it works quite nicely because they're listening to us while they're doing their job, and I'm drinking their job when I'm writing some of the stuff that I do. So, you know, I want them to keep brewing to uh, keep me working yep. as well. Yep. And hello also so, to all anyway. those, uh, commuters, the commuters out there who say that uh, they love the fact that uh, we waffle on for at least 45 minutes because that gets them... Uh, you know, from uh, station to station without having to, um, you know, sort of worry too much about the, the minutiae of their daily lives. They can sort of immerse themselves in a bit of uh, beery fun on their commute. So we'll be we'll exactly on that as well. But, uh, you know, I think we'll stop talking about ourselves and uh, reveling in our, in our glory. Um, but there has been a lot. I mean, it's been, it has literally been months since the, the last one. So the, the, the last one, we, we have recorded several that just haven't made it out into the uh, interwebs, um, but it, it goes right back past uh, Good Beer Week, which is the granddaddy of all beer weeks. But uh, I mean, just very quickly, Prof, um, I do need to explain the Tongmaster line. We, we've talked about it in the past, but you have been over to Australia, uh, over representing Australia to the US um, in the barbecuing um, championships. Do you want to just tell us a little bit about that? Because it will be relevant to some of the things we're going to talk about yeah, you know, elsewhere yeah, in the podcast. Yeah, yeah. Lexington, North Carolina. Um, it's the pig capital of, uh, of the US. Uh, North Carolina, very much a, a barbecuing, one of the barbecuing states. Uh, and Meat Livestock Australia, MLA, was uh, kind enough to offer a competition for, uh, you know, accomplishing or uh, reasonably handy barbecue chefs in Australia to uh, pit their skills against one another. One of us was chosen from each state. We uh, became Team Australia, Team Tongmaster, beef, uh, Aussie Beef Tongmasters. Um, we went over to a, uh, a competition, uh, of which there are many. Uh, this was the barbecue, the barbecue Capital Cook-Off in Lexington, North Carolina. Only the second year that it's done, but it's already a... Um, it's a it's a wild card event. It's a, a a qualifying event for for big events over there, like the um, uh, the American Royale and all these other big, you know, the ones that you see on uh, on TV. Uh, Fifty five odd teams. Uh, we were just doing brisket. Uh, we came thirty fifth out of uh, the fifty five teams and acquitted ourselves very well. We learned a lot of things, um, and yeah, it's opened up a few opportunities. It's fair to say, which I'm sure we'll talk about as we go on. But that's the that's the Tongmaster title that I've acquired. Yeah, and it came in very relevant because we might not do these chronologically, but you've just been to Brisbane as part of Queensland Beer Week. And it was that. Uh, Brisbane uh, has always been a beer wasteland, and uh, yeah, look, it, it was a fantastic week. Um, really took off, but we we had you up to show some of the skills that both took you to America and also some of the things you learned in the States uh, came back with your good friend and teammate Chris Luxton from Gordon and Luxton Gourmet Butchers. Um, yeah, yeah, it was a fantastic stuff. night. 35 guys learned how to uh, flip, a, flip a steak and you know everything in between. So, yeah, well done. Thank you for coming up and being part Mate, of it. My pleasure. It was a lot of fun. The great crew up there. And, uh, and look, you know, without blowing our tyres up or anything, but we, we did need to keep the numbers small. And it's fair to say that we, we could have filled probably half the room again with those who um, who booked too late, those who missed out. We had to we had to cap the numbers uh, because we incorporated, a you know, a physical barbecue masterclass. So setting up the barbecue, cleaning it, maintaining it, um, how to prep it, uh, then how to cook steaks on it, then what to do with the steaks once you've once you've cooked them. Uh, in the meanwhile, in the background, we had some 
beautiful Australian brisket, grain-fed brisket, um, slowly smoke, uh, cooking away. Uh, we got a little bit of smoke into it, but we, we couldn't actually do it the you know the full the full Monty. Certainly not in, a, in an American sense. We didn't we didn't smoke the brisket, but uh, we en- ended up making some uh, pulled beef um, sliders, if you like, which the uh, which were very well received by the crowd, um, and matched that with a bit of beer masterclassing as well of uh, the the different ways that different beers can work with um, with barbecue. Because I think it's one of those things that you know it's it's all ingrained. It's all part of our psyche and Australian culture and all that sort of thing but it's really kind of your state-based mainstream lager with burnt sausages um, I guess we had an opportunity to show people that uh, you know craft beer the different flavors and uh, nuances of, of beer can really work well with uh, with barbecue so I had a lot of fun was a, met a lot of great people and would love to go back and do it again tomorrow it was great fun and if anyone would like to find out a little bit more about what Prof is doing on the barbecue, we're hoping to take it on the show. We're definitely going to be in Newcastle with it. Um, yep. Radio Brews News does uh, Prof and Barbecues in as part of Newcastle Craft Beer Week. Um, and Trainworks, so, Trainworks uh, Festival as well. Trainworks Craft Beer Festival. in uh, just at, You're going to be at there, are you? Yeah, yeah, we're doing uh, the same thing again. We're, we're going to be doing full-on proper you know, 10, 14-hour slow smoking um, as well as some... Um, some masterclass, so we'll have some, we'll have plenty of samples and tastes and all that sort of thing, and we'll be matching it with, uh, particularly with uh, Scotty Morgan's um, fine uh, product out of uh, Rocks Brewing up there in Sydney. Uh, he's he's going to help us out with the uh, the kit and everything, uh, the smoker, uh, and we'll be matching up some of his beers and doing a, a few very interesting little things. So that's um, uh, more more info to come, but Trainworks Craft Beer Festival. Excellent. And uh, what other festivals we've got coming up? Uh, Beervana's coming up, obviously, yeah, uh, in yeah, New Zealand. Yeah, across the Dutch. Uh, which is very uh, much worth getting to. Although, I have to, you know, I used to say that the Pinnacle Beer Festival it was the Great American Beer Festival. You know, for those who are really into the new um, you know, craft renaissance um, that's sweeping the, the, the globe, and it is fantastic. You've got something like 500 breweries um, in 17 hours, and I, I once calculated that, you needed to have a beer every six and a half minutes to even have one from each brewery. So you've got no chance of trying every beer, even over the uh, four or five sessions. Um, but between Melbourne Beer Week, which was fantastic, uh, Beervana, which is a you know, very exciting national uh, beer festival, and some of the uh, smaller but no less important craft beer festivals around the nation, you don't have to travel too far to uh, to fill your beer calendar. No, 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 like you mentioned, Newcastle. Then there's Trainworks. There's Sydney Craft Beer Week coming up in uh, October twentieth to the twenty seventh. I think check Australian Brews News website for details because the boys haven't quite got their website up and going yet. Hint, hint, nudge, nudge. <laughs> push, push. Because uh, I'm, I'm doing I'm doing three events up there already, but I've got no idea where or when because the website's not up. Um, and then you've got, uh, now what have we got, Tazfest? Tazfest, you've got Ballarat Ballarat coming up again in January. January, With the incorporation of um, an education marquee uh, for those who are at uh, Gabs during Good Beer Week, the Craft Beer College that I hosted, um, I've kind of been asked to reprise that role um, in a a similar sort of format with some um, Q&A sessions with the brewers. We'll have a few masterclasses, maybe some homebrew. Who knows? We're all just in the planning stages at the moment. But um, looking to go from uh, capacity of 5,000 last year with 20, I think there were 21 brewers and two cideries. Um, They've already got 30-plus brewers who want to be on board this year for it, and capacity has been raised to about 12,000. So uh, get around it. 19th Saturday the 19th of um, January next year but as soon as I, I would I would I would uh, be looking at getting tickets as soon as the uh, the tickets go live now there have been a lot of festivals since we last recorded and we've just touched on them any absolute highlights uh, that have stuck out for you prof uh, uh, Victoria we, we good, probably could be a week could be a week yeah look again it could have it, it, it probably deserves a, a podcast all of its own but I think probably for me, we did the, Oscar. Yeah, we did. The, yeah, the highlights, <laughs> the highlights for me were, I guess, probably the um, 
not not those in the spotlight, but almost those in the shadows. And it was the and what I mean by that is some of the smaller venues who got on board this year, just trying to I guess genuinely find their way, found a that um, James Smith and the the team uh, behind Good Beer Week have really got their shit together and were magnificent in terms of getting support, getting um, resources to help these smaller um, venues. Uh, the point of origin, uh, and thanks to Jade Flavel from the Weedy for coming up with the uh, the poo concept, the point of origin, uh, where four four different fairly small pubs uh, around Melbourne uh, turned their taps over to a state, so they they kind of you know got a little bit of an arrangement with a uh, like a little bit of a a real community sort of thing. So Jade teed up with uh, Jess down at the Tramway Hotel in uh, Fitzroy. Uh, or North Fitzroy, I think it is. Uh, tiny little place, not really on anybody's radar. They'd uh, a few people knew of it because they'd won um, the Tramway Burger had uh, you know won a best burger on um, on somebody's list of good burgery kind of things. Um, they kind of got into it and had their biggest week ever since the since they took over the place about eighteen months ago. Uh, and, and for me, it was little stories like that where a, a little place kind of got a bit of a kickstart. All of a sudden, all these people turned up because it was a good beer week uh, venue. And I think it shows that last year we were uh, not, not, I won't say singing to the choir, but there's certainly the, um, the vestibule was pretty crowded with the, with the usual suspects. This year, I think good beer week proved um, that that outer ring that I often talk about, that next level out, is, is sort of starting to come uh, to the attention of the craft beer world or they're, they're, they're discovering this thing called craft beer and finding that they're very welcome into it and are, are sort of finding their feet, which is which is really good. And hopefully uh, Newcastle Beer Week will be the same this year. There'll be more people who, oh yeah, I heard about it last year but didn't really sort of get into it and, and now are. And whether it's venues or um, individuals getting on board, um, good luck to them, more luck to them. Exactly. It was like seeing different faces in different events. Queensland, I was tied up with the Baden Pal, um, who did a, a great job with the Queensland, Queensland Brewers. You know, yeah, there, there aren't a lot of uh, them, but just, yeah, just the, the general feeling. I checked into my hotel and the, you know, hotel, you know, clerk said, oh, you know, what are you down here for? I said, oh, I'm down here for the beer fest. He goes, oh, yeah, I've been reading about that. So it had, it had gotten out. People knew yep. about it. Um, there was a real buzz um, and there were a lot of events, and you know, that they sold out. So no, it was it was great to see. Yeah, yeah, and and as I that that to me, I guess is um, the big ticket events. I guess like uh, Gabs, um, the actual awards themselves, they're all great. But I I, I think uh, more important going forward are these these small ones, these small venues that are open twenty four hours a day, three hundred or you know open all year round that they can hopefully now establish themselves as a place where people can, you know, a discerning drinker can go to perhaps try something different or, um, uh, and look, and well done too to some of the breweries who who came up with, um, and look, I'll, I'll, I'll single out Thunder Road because um, I visited there a little while ago and, and I did spend a bit of time with them during Good Beer Week. Once you get, once you get your head around, we do beer differently, doesn't mean we barrel age and dry hop and, um, you know, dry hang and bottle condition and in, you know, in space. It's not, all, that's not, not what they're about. It's about doing nice, accessible, you know, uh, for want of a better term, beers that are, uh, you know, 10 overs, none for 40, but good, easy drinking beers, but that are genuine, that are no preservatives and no additives and um, made as, you know, as I guess the old brewers, used to make them um, because you see people approaching those beers and they go, oh, I'm not really sure. I don't even know what an IPA is. Can I just try that? Oh, bang, that's all right. So uh, I think... Mate, a great example of that and uh, you know, I'm conscious that these guys have, uh, like Thunder Road, um, who have advertised uh, with us, um, uh, McLaren Vale, um, and I'm not picking them up because they're, they're advertisers. Um, they don't at the moment, boys, I'll just point that out. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But... You know, they started, uh, they've copped a, a fair bit of flack over time. You know, their, um, their Vale Ale and their Vale Dry um, are very, you know, uh, easy drinking um, craft yep. beers. 
Um, but they've established a brand. They've got uh, building. Um, you know, they started the contract route, but they've also brought out uh, over the last twelve months the Vale IPA and the Vale Dark, which are crackingly good yeah. beers. Not yep. a, not over the top flavoursome. They are, um, you know, but good, sexual, good true to style examples of, of that particular kind of beer. Yeah, but but they're, they're not over the top, yeah. but they are still characterful, and you know, there is plenty of complexity in them. Um, that, that can give you, uh, you know, genuine pleasure, but not, you know, not in that, uh, what, what I like to call the uh, parachuting beers, you know, which are an experience and not necessarily a pleasure yeah. Yeah. or abseiling. Yeah. yeah, and it's good to say this, you know, some of those beers, are, uh, I've got a fridge full of um, Mountain Goat Steam Ale at the moment. And just yeah. I, I just love that, just as a, it's a, just a great go-to beer. Another great one. Yeah. So, uh, and you know, of course, Stonewood. Yep. Uh, and ap- and apologies to the anyway. dozen that we've missed, because <laughs> there are, there are there's, there's I'm, I'm sort of racking. Big Helga and is another one. Um, every um, you James Quay Gold Nail. Every state has some local examples of that. And I guess we're sort of looking at the ones that Burley. are a little bit easier to get. Duke and Premium, have a little bit Burley Duke Premium. Which we had a bit of that yeah, up here for the first time. Because so we 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 it's very difficult for us to to get that down here. I'd had plenty of 28 Pale Ale, but I did have that for the first time on tap, um, which is just an absolute cracker. That was just a, a pleasure. Um, but, yeah, with the barbecue, we sort of thought, well, you know, let's give them a, a, an easy-going, easy-drinking kind of lager, something they're going to be used to. Um, but that just worked perfectly with the, I guess, you know, the sweetness of the caramelisation of the meat and the, the hot sauce that we had. It was a nice foil for that. It, it just showed how uh, a nice, easy-going mainstream lager um, can hold its own in the right circumstances. Okay, that's now what else are we... Perspective yeah. and current oh, well, sponsors that, and partners. That, that's the thing. I'm, I'm, I'm very conscious that we uh, did name Well, somebody, a, there, a there may, maybe there's somebody out there who makes a, you know, a, a mainstream national brand, you know, easy drinking kind of lager that might like to come on board and, and perhaps even sponsor, you know, be a, a naming sponsor for um, Radio Brews News. You, you never know. Hey, what's there been happening go. with Crown hey, Lager? Well, well, nice but, segue. Do you like that? Uh, no, we'll, we'll get to Crown Lager, but just before we leave um, Good Beer Week in Melbourne and talking about plugs and people paying uh, for what they get, um, I reckon that any brewer, a lot of brewers listen to this uh, program, um, any brewer that reckons that they benefited or beer benefited um, or their brand benefited or just you know, the excitement for beer is going to grow the, the brewing industry... Write um, a, a check out to James Smith for two hundred and fifty dollars. It's not a lot. It, it's it's you know not a lot of money in the scheme of things. But he and the organising committee of uh, Good Beer Week, Good Queensland, uh, uh, Good Beer Week, um, put in a lot of time, largely unpaid. Uh, his primary sources of income uh, suffer as a result, um, and he does it for a genuine love of beer um so you know sure you can send some money our way if you want but uh you know james uh really deserves it for what he did so uh yeah dig deep um 250 dollars you uh don't expect people to come in and say how fantastic your beer is and get it for free um so if you if you've uh said good words about uh good beer week um send some money James's way and uh, make sure that he can keep affording to do it um, next year and, uh, and beyond forever more yeah. Yeah, yeah. cool What's... now um, what else has happened what else is uh, <laughs> we kind <laughs> of run out of material later. already come on no come on, no, no well, 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 well yeah a bit of traffic to Grand... be fair uh, generated a, a, a lot of traffic over, over the last <laughs> a lot of traffic day. Few weeks. A lot of interest from uh, Fosters. Um, for for those who aren't readers but are listeners, um, I've written a series of articles casting doubt on the history of uh, Crown Lager. You know that it was first brewed in 1919. Um, sometimes said to have been commissioned for the diplomatic corps, only available until 1954 to diplomats and ambassadors and then uh, released to the public in 1954 to coincide with the Queen's visit. Um, and to be honest, yeah, or, or, and or the coronation. Um, and look, I don't want to be claiming credit for this because these are doubts that have been going around for a long time. There are some long-term uh, you know, label collectors and serious historians. Um, Brett Stubbs, who writes for Brewers News, is one. 
um, but there are a couple of you know really passionate um, you know amateur beer historians out there, um, some of whom had contacted me uh, about it, and you know raised doubts, and uh, I just did a little bit more digging and then uh, put into words. So it's not my um, scoop, uh, but yeah, it, it, as a result, you know, like I reckon. Um, I had a chat to CUB. They are saying that we're going back and have a look at the history. They're putting a very positive spin on it, um, as you'd expect. They're saying how fantastic it is that they're you know going back and having a look in the archives. Um, but I actually can't see any any one of those uh, claims that they've made that is uh, genuinely you know that, that can be sort of verified to anywhere near where they've uh, been putting it out there. So look, we'll, we'll wait and see what they come back with. They are spending a lot of time in the archives. I, I understand. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's it's been really it's been really interesting for me to sort of dig in and see some of the resources that that are out there. Um, but yeah, look, I, 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 the articles are there. Read them, um, and and we'll just sort of wait and see what comes uh, when um, Crown Ambassador um, will be coming out in November. You're uh, attending the blending tasting for the Crown Ambassador Reserve, yep, yep, so it'll be right. yeah, just interesting to see um, what history they sort of put out as part of that well look it also be interesting uh, for me i guess uh, the the amateur historian in me also um and look unashamedly i base a lot of my um uh, the interest i generate through my beer dinners and, and beer tastings with you know snippets of, of interesting history and and that sort of thing um and so i like to to know that i guess what i'm drawing from official websites and official histories and that sort of thing is actually accurate um it, i'm as, i'm just as fascinated to i guess to, to guess how does the queen for example visits um the carlton united breweries brewery site um end up as oh yeah she did and here's some video and all that sort of thing and then you go hang on no it's actually carlsberg um but <laughs> yeah, somewhere along the way it's it's just sort of it's it's been accepted whether it's that you know the, the verbal tradition or whether it's you know from from brand manager to brand manager they kind of hand over a thing you know here, you know here's the history as much and as we know it and, and and so the, you know, one mistake you know becomes a um you know one one element of myth you know becomes history i, I guess in the same way yeah. as you know, when we we're talking to martin cornell about uh ipa and um and that, you know who knows how how well, the um, the story became, and, and, and that's the official line traction. that's coming out. Um, the, the, the official line is that we've just expected, you know, accepted it. We've not questioned it. You know, it's been passed down um, from brand manager to brand manager, which is, which is fine. And you know, I'm sure there is an element of that. But I also know that there have been um, some of these people that have spent much more time looking into it than I have, who have let them know or expressed concerns about it that should have tipped them off. And, you know, I suspect it was just inconvenient um, to, to go looking. Um, you know, it would have ruined a good story um, to do it. Um, but then again, you know, they celebrated uh, Crown Lager's 50th anniversary in 2003. Now, that was the 50th anniversary of its supposed release. You, you would have thought that they would have looked into that to verify it because, you know... It, it wasn't hard even in 2003 to find out that the Queen visited in 1954. Um, you know, it, it wouldn't have been a hard thing to find out. And yet, so they, they got the date wrong back then. And then suddenly in, 19, in 2009, this 1919 uh, date came out. Um, you would have thought that they would have looked into it a little bit then. Um, yeah on the basis for the date but even uh, 2008 I mean they've made a big thing of the Crown Ambassador Reserve and how they sell send bottle number one to the Queen um, you don't just send a present to the Queen you've actually got to go this backwards and forwards um, you know n negotiation so it's not something that she won't accept or it's, you know, it doesn't embarrass the Queen or whatever so you can't just go down to pack and send no, no, no. Stick Buckingham Palace, London, UK, uh, on the envelope and have it go there. No, no, you, you, you can't do that. You actually have to approach them and it goes through a protocol officer and, and everything. So I'm actually wondering what they told the Queen. <laughs> you know, um, you know, dear Queen, as you'll remember when you visited our brewery in 1954. Which um, was then you know, conveniently I mean, situated in Copenhagen for your... <laughs> 
the old duck is, uh, I, I shouldn't call the Queen, uh, Her Majesty is, uh, you know what, in her late 80s. So I, I'm wondering whether she raced off to the doctor, you know, not thinking out. that she was coming down with Alzheimer's for not having... <laughs> I, I spent two months in Australia in 1954, but I don't remember visiting a brewery. Um, maybe I'm getting forgetful. Where did I put my keys? But, you know, um, you just think that, unfortunately, sometimes I think the marketers are in charge of the show, not the brewers. And, and on that note, um, I think the... CUB has a very extensive and very long history. They've got a very long archive um, that researchers would love to get into, but they're not allowed to. Um, it's always been shut off. Um, it has been highly restricted access to it. Yep. Um, you know, th th there's been a lot of talk of late about you know, C CUB um, with their trade, this trademark issue that's going on that you know, them coming out and saying how much they love their history and how their company is built on their history. Well, you don't lock your history away and make it inaccessible and, you know, just sort of pull out the old Ballarat birdie, you know, tinny every uh, nine or ten years and, you know, the, the Brisbane bitter tinny every nine or ten years. That's marketing. That's not history and that's not your heritage. Um, but, you know, if they'd been a little bit more open about the history and been a little bit more accommodating to researchers, then maybe this wouldn't have happened. But yeah, uh, I think I think the the main lesson is we're are we possibly the only um, uh, beer related uh, online magazine that has a beer historian on the payroll, and you know the uh, the warning out there for uh, for the marketing types is um, you know we're watching you. Actually, that does, and it sounds very self-serving, and you know, I, I'm very conscious that it's very self-serving. But you know, beer drinkers aren't very well served by the media. Mainstream media don't care about beer at all, except you know, um, and, and I've written about beer's brand image, and it's yep. always a yobbo drink. Yep. But there are specialty drink titles, including one specialty beer magazine that. Doesn't want to risk oh, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. upsetting yeah. anybody. Um, yeah. <laughs> and incidentally, they managed that that same beer magazine managed to completely miss seem seemingly the fact that there was a good beer week in Melbourne, that there was a Queensland beer week. Anything that they don't have their name sponsorship on just doesn't seem to exist as far as they're concerned. I, I did but read that's... a very interesting article. I, I have to admit, and I thought, Geez, deja vu. I'm sure I've read this somewhere before. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, no, but the the point is that um, this is the sort of question should be asked. It, it shouldn't just be celebrating beer. You know, um, there, there are sites that celebrate beer much more and much better than we do, and Crafty Pine is a good example. You know, James says that. He says he's a celebration of beer, and he does so much um, that is just ecumenical beer love um, that's not about him. It's just about growing the industry. But there, there is also a point that if you're serving your readers, you need to risk upsetting potential advertisers or asking questions. Well, what's a Exactly. Okay. exactly. If we did the but, same as Crafty, then only one of us would survive. You can, you know, there's, there's not enough room. We, what, yeah. yeah. So, I think what we do is, is um, contrasting and complimenting. Yeah, and I think way, so. And, and I mean, I, I wouldn't want to, to get the try and do what Crafty's doing because I can't see anyone doing it better. Um, so, yeah, so we do it our own way and we keep it. But, you know, I, I think maybe some of the other publications need to just uh, stop putting their hand out for uh, advertising dollars and, uh, you know, oh, yeah, dig yeah, a little yeah, bit but, deeper. But, but anyway. viewers and listeners, be assured, and readers of Australian Brews News, we will keep poking it with a stick. <laughs> Well, wait a second. And, and it's been great. You know, I've had some uh, really good uh, correspondence from the people at CUB um, who want to sit down and talk about some of their plans. Um, you know, all, all of the Crown stuff um, was written in the style that, you know, the, 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 the slight piss-takey style that um, I, I write in to make it have fun. Um, but then on the weekend, I had a bit of a go at their head of innovation um, role that they advertised um, that the head of an innovation for a brewery doesn't seem to need to know anything about beer. But, um, you know, as a result of that, I've had some uh, you know, contact from various people in, in the brewery that want to have a chat about, uh, you know, SAB's plans and how, you know, 
that, that they are coming online. So it'll be really interesting to hear what their plans are for beer. And hopefully, yeah, sure. you know, some of their brands like Cascade and Matilda Bay um, have a little bit more direction um, than perhaps they've had over the last few months because that can only be good for beer. Yeah, exactly. And, and speaking of uh, big breweries and uh, things, mate, I, I wasn't sure what to say about it, but the James Squire ads, you can't, have, you, you can't have missed them, surely? I did see a few on billboards and buses while I was in uh, Brisbane. Oh, don't they have them in Melbourne? Uh, starting to, I've seen a few around now since I've, um, yes, since coming back from Brisbane. Well, so whether they've been there, I just haven't noticed. This is the, this is the okay. man for all tastes. A man for all That's tastes. Or, um, I, I've heard it him variously described as, my, my wife, when she saw them, she thought that they were anti-alcohol ads um, because he, he's looking a little bit rough and ready. Um, I've also heard it, you know, the James Squire child molester ads um, <laughs> because he does look a little, or just the James Squire stalker ads, you know, tonight I'm your friend, tomorrow I'm a stranger, or tonight I'm a stranger, tomorrow I'm your friend, or uh, I don't know. Um, I think that, yeah, I think they have special bars for people like that <laughs> down here in Melbourne. I, I don't want to have a go at them because, it, you know, those sorts of things are all about taste um, and, you know, everyone's taste is a little bit different, yeah, but, yeah. you know... If nothing else, it's you know probably good to see. I think it's it's actually good to see a craft uh, like a big beer company putting some money behind its uh, craft beer brands. Um, you know that that is a big way of getting the word out there to a lot of people. Yeah, for sure, and an interesting strategic move um, uh, since we last had Radio Brews news with uh, Lion acquiring Little Creatures. Um, of course, which, yes. In a way, yep. I guess uh, they want that as their entree into the craft beer side of things because I guess they've got to concede that that James Squire isn't going to do that for them Um, and so they're looking at uh, I think Little Creatures is a great fit I can't see them touch wood doing anything to harm that brand because I think it certainly um, their credibility relies on them leaving them to do their thing Um, but hopefully it means that the beer will uh, be able to get to a wider audience in a better condition, more regularly. Yeah, and you think that's just my take on it. Oh no, no, and, and well, I mean, I wrote a little bit about this um, when it was first announced, and you know, there was all of this, uh, you know, people saying, "Oh, you know, that's it, it's jumped the shark." And th- there is a point at which your politics, you know, and not whether you're Labor or Liberal, but you know, you, you, your view of the world yeah. will shape how you look at yeah. it and you know if you want all breweries to be small independent and traditional um then you, you're not going to think it's fantastic that a a big multinational company um has bought little creatures but and, and i think a lot of people who are in the craft beer bubble um would, would feel that way there but you know it's like anything i don't know who makes half the cheese i eat and i don't know that it really matters to my enjoyment of of um cheese I just happen to be a craft beer lover, so that's my particular area um, that I take interest in. And I guess there are a whole all of the people that look at beer as being like I look at cheese um, are going to have a slightly different yep, view. Yeah. And you know, I, I can see that it's going to get little creatures out even further. Yes. Um, I was passing through the Sydney airport recently, and you know, since uh, Lion has taken on the AB InBev brands like Hogarden and Leffer. Um, it's been so much easier to get those beers. You know, Foster's just never seemed to really push them when they had yeah, them. Yeah. But suddenly they're, they're turning up at you know, airport bars. Um, I went to a new beer bar on Sunday night just for to check it out. Um, and it's got 100% Squires tap, but they've got those beers on uh, bottle. Now, you know, we, we could devote a whole podcast to the whole contract issue. But there is a point that, that I wish at which I think it is fantastic that these beers are getting out to a wider market because that can only benefit the small independent people. Yep. A percentage of people are going to get into those beers and it's the convenience and the price of what they drink is going to always try, you know, trump over a backstory or you know some niche little yep. brand. Um, but there is always going to be a percentage um, that is exposed to those beers through these uh, mechanisms and, it, and it's fantastic. The flip side, of course... To that is that I'd been hearing lots of hotels saying, "Oh, you know, we'll never go 100% tap uh, 
you know, contract again because there are so many new and exciting beers out there. Um, and they're, they're starting to loosen the taps. And was, the, the, the whole contract um, debate was starting to, you know, move away from contracts. Yeah. Yep. Suddenly I'm starting to hear venues go, oh, look, you know, when you can get these sorts of beers from, you know, Lion, why wouldn't you have a contract? Um, yeah, particularly when Squires, uh, when um, Little Creatures comes on. And so you, you've got some of the great beers of the world and you can have a contract. So that, that that's the only... Um, possible other side so look it, it it's a complicated issue there are some real wins there are some you know some downsides to it yep, as well yep. um but the, the one thing i'll say is i was out having dinner the other night they had uh little creatures on and shit it's a good beer yeah you know, it really anyone that says that it's not the beer that it was um i think they've changed not the beer because it is tasting superb for sure yeah yeah and I'd be interested to hear from uh, hear from venues, like, is there an opportunity, or, or you know, is, is there ten years down the track, do we need to have, I guess, you know, the craft beer company where you can just make one call and get eight different kegs of of craft beer from different uh, small independent brewers, um, delivered to your door at once? Is that you know, is that is is that what we need to do to get the beers out there, or or do we just need to accept that? No, no, that's fine. You know, you just need to make a couple of different phone calls, and I don't think it'll be too long because that's one of the things I've been hearing a lot of recently. You know, as soon as you start talking about the difficulties facing small brewers, the first um, cab off the rank, often from the brewers, is always excise. Oh, you know, if excise was fixed, then suddenly everything would be fixed. And you know, it's easy for me to say I haven't invested, you know, x hundreds of thousands of dollars in stainless steel and with x number of sweat equity and all those other. And, and, and all of that. Um, but as soon as you get away from owning your own brewery and you start talking to um, publicans um, who have a business to run as well and often have you know, sweat equity and you know, a lot of money invested, they're very interested in craft beer. But if they've got eight taps, they don't want to be making four or five phone calls to be filling those taps and they don't want to have to plan three weeks in advance about what beers are going to be put on. There are always going to be specialty uh, um, hotels like uh, in Adelaide, you've got the Weedy. In Melbourne and Sydney, you've got the Tap House and a number of other places. In Brisbane, you've got the Scratch Bar, who, you know, those guys revel in spending a lot of time to track down interesting and exciting beers. But then there's that sort of second tier beer venue that wants to be a good beer venue, but doesn't want to be the, you know, know, the, the, the craziest, most out there, uniquest beer venue and they're the ones that don't want to be spending three or four hours a week um, researching what they can put on on their taps in three weeks time because they're never going to get the return on that they just want to make a phone call and you know have, have a beer delivered tomorrow or in two or three days um, so look I, I reckon what, what you're saying it's, it's only a matter of time before a serious craft beer distributor um, comes into play that really looks at it uh, and uh you know, looks after the beer as well because the, the the number of beers that are being shipped from you know two three thousand kilometres uh, unrefrigerated and not necessarily being looked after at the other end, um, and it worries me sometimes that it's, it, it can hurt craft. Yeah, but, yeah, um, for sure. That, that, that's a whole other podcast that we. It is. Uh, and speaking of which, is that that's we must be close to um, uh, Heatherdale to expensive street station uh, commute time. About now is that is that about forty five? Well, up to forty five yeah, minutes. Um, we, we've got a few back. other things that I wanted to talk about just before we. What, what uh, else we got? Well, we, we've we've got um, James Davidson, who's a long term contributor um, to Brews News, yeah. uh, was named recently as the uh, OI Glass Beer Writing Bursary. Um, James, who gee, he was one of the first. I think I tapped him on the shoulder after I tapped you on the shoulder, Prof, to, uh, to come right for the yeah, site. Yeah. He was blogging away on his uh, Beer Bar Band blog. Um, really enjoyed his writing. You know, there was a lot of passion, but then it was also, you know, it wasn't sort of the one-eyed, small is good, big is bad. Um, so he's been writing for, this, for the site for 18 months now, and uh, OI Glass contacted us when they heard about our bursary program and wanted to get behind it. And uh, yeah, they, they rather than put it out to competition the way that one of ours has been done or 
Um, David Cryer, also from Cryer Malt, also sponsored Brett Stubbs, talking about that beer history. Um, another guy who saw the value of beer history um, and so decided to sponsor a series of articles from Brett Stubbs about brewery history. And uh, now Which probably, which probably doesn't really even come close to paying you know a, a, a decent hourly rate for what I imagine oh, Dr. Brett J. Stubbs it takes to, to do one article uh, intensive extensive you know, in, you know interrogative i'm actually going to intrusive um, he was writing I've, I've got in front of me i'll just uh, just excuse me for a sec he you know this is live radio ed, folks ed, <laughs> live radio. Have you want time to edit it remember <laughs> i warned you about this shit. The, the, we don't have time to <clears throat> but uh, anyone who thinks that you know craft beer is a new or you know this beer renaissance is a new thing I've got in front of me a magazine called Beer Matters, which was the official journal of the Australian Beer Society, um, which was something that Brett got started. Um, and this one's dated February 1986. And, uh, you know, Brett was the... He was on the board of directors, I think. Um, or he was the managing editor. Okay, cool. um, and I had a long chat to Brett about some of the stuff that's gone on in history because Brett penned a really interesting piece uh, looking at the Dan Murphy's beer history. Um, and, you know, he just... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he was probably... God, he, he would have even been younger than I am now when he did this because there's a very nice photo of him in some uh, very unfashionable <laughs> clothes. <laughs> I'm sure they were the height of fashion in those it's days. Working beautifully for radio um, here, Matt. <laughs> yes. Well, I'll, I'll post there it because, you, you know, uh, going back to 1986, so, you know, 26 years ago... He was writing very similar articles to what we're writing on Brews News mm. now, um, and it hasn't changed. So Brett has a wealth of knowledge. Unlike a lot of guys, he goes in and, you know, he can trace not just the brewer, but the brewing system for, you know, oh, well, the, the, the brewery that this craft brewery is using was, you know, used by this brewery in 1990, but it went broke and they'd bought it from this brewery. Um, and he can sort of track it all back because he's got a very, you know, um, you know, oh, academic um, approach to it, yeah. and you, you need people like that. I'm, and I've just sort of opened the first page, and there's a uh, this isn't by um, Brett, but it's from someone called Phil Jarrett, and it's called Brewing Boutique Beer. So this is from 1986, and it starts. Phil Sexton didn't invent the term boutique brewing, but just in over a year, he has successfully defined it for a Perth legion of beer connoisseurs. At Sexton's beautifully restored Sale Anchor Hotel, opposite the Fremantle Markets, so you've got this publication writing about the, you know, twelve months after the Sale and Anchor, which went on to become Matilda Bay, which you know, went on to Phil ended up going to the States and coming back and well, launching Little Creatures. Um, so that's the sort of history that we have access to from having someone like Brett Stubbs. And uh, yeah, look, I mean, if anyone else values that sort of thing again you know if you want to sponsor Bruce news that's where the money goes to sort of paying some people that you know i think are highly underappreciated in um brewing circles um in beer writing circles um because they don't just concentrate on the latest and the flashes but they actually have a uh, wealth of knowledge so oh, plus um, we're keeping yeah. them off the streets at night yeah plus yeah. we're keeping him off the well he is an adjunct professor at you know um, yeah, but, but it would not. The pro- it would be nice the to see him. that we keep drip feeding him, you, you just you, you don't know what might that. He could just be wandering the streets aimlessly at night, going out to you know late night McDonald's, and bailing people up and going, you know, Crown wasn't really brewed in nineteen nineteen. So you know, I think That's... we're doing a great service to beer as well as to and and no, in, in all seriousness, no. Thank you to IO uh, Glass and to Cryo Malt. Oh, I oh, 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 get the sponsor's it's, name it's, right. It's the, um, the man flu. I'm struggling through here. <laughs> everything's, everything's back to front. Um, oh, I Glass and to Cryo Malt uh, for their for this. And, and congratulations to James, who you know is, is a is a well, really well, good sir. young uh, beer writer, full of passion, but you know writes really nicely. Plus, and uh, he's just that bloody persistent. Like we were never going to get rid of him, so the only other option was to you know pay him. And, uh, you know, and he gets this whole social media thing too, so uh, you know, I appreciate him for yeah. that. Um, what else? What else? Uh, well, we just keep it short and sharp and punchy. We've both uh, had our own little, uh, you know, soapboxes today. Soapboxes today. Yeah, or? yeah, we snuck a little bit of what the froth in. I think we will. We will. Um, uh, as executive producer, I will aim to uh, to make sure that we we keep it nice and tight, and we do have. Uh, 
you know, Matt Soapbox, What the Froth, uh, and another couple of segments that we're thinking of doing, as well as um, entertaining and interesting guests from the world of beer, both here and overseas. Speaking of which, given that we're starting this, I've gone back and had a uh, had a, another squiz at um, the uh, podcast from the pub with Charlie Bamforth, um, and it, it, it's actually come up uh, reasonably well. Um, the, the original stuff was uh, pretty um, dodgy, but I had a spare microphone that was just recording, and um, I reckon that we've got a serviceable podcast oh, out nice. there, so we might just put that out as a, as, as a special yeah. feature rather than a podcast, yeah. Yeah. but... Um, uh, who, who are we lining up? Uh, we have got coming up next, uh, we've got Steve Hendo Henderson from Southern Bay Brewing Company. Um, Excellent. To talk about contract brewing, to talk about uh, personalities in brewing, to talk about uh, you know where craft beer is going and how maybe some of the, the bigger players in the game, the bigger independent players in the game, can, can play uh, a role, I guess, in making, making sure beer moves forward. Um, also hoping to, with the, the launch recently of, I'll probably get it wrong, um, the Craft Beer CBIA, is that right? Craft yes, Craft Beer Industry, Industry Association, Association uh, which has finally sort of come together and um, yeah, the war is over um, and everyone's happy. And Or are they? Well, I mean, all, is we'll is there still out. a splinter group? We'll find out. Yeah, splinters. We'll, we'll find out. We're, yeah. Sorry, spoiler. <laughs> yeah, who knows? Who knows? Uh, and a few other a few other people who I haven't uh, who I've got teed up, including a couple of overseas uh, guests who I teed up while I was um, gallivanting and um, uh, shenaniganing yeah, over in, in San Diego. It's the first I've heard of these, so I'd, yeah, uh, you'll, you'll have to tell me on. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah, well, without giving away too much, but uh, keep an eye out for uh, a couple of folk from our good friends at Stone Brewing. Uh, over in San Diego, um, and possibly some others that are yet to be confirmed. Yeah, Excellent. Yeah. So I have I have not been idle. Uh, I think we also we well, I'd prof. also love to talk to Jade Flable, given that we've spoken to her twice. Yeah, well, and yeah. I'm now up to my ankles in cutting room floor of Jade, um, and and I want everyone else to experience what uh, what we shared with her. Now, Prof, I'm, I'm not going to put up with any more uh, barbs about things that haven't made it onto uh, you know, things we've recorded because when was the last time you actually posted an article on Australian Brews News? Uh, I'm yeah, prolific. 10,000 words in the last uh, two weeks. Yeah, you've done well. And, uh, yeah, so, yeah. Including research, yeah. time in the That's library. Yeah, yeah. So anyway... Mate, 53 minutes uh, gone by. It just whizzes by, as always. Hopefully it has for everyone at home. Strike Um, up the band. Strike up the band. I'll strike it up. Prof, it is really good to be back talking to you. Um, And, yeah, look forward to uh, getting this out more regularly. So uh, thanks, Prof. Talk to you again very soon. Don't you just love that music? Love it. I've missed it. I've missed it. Yeah, no, I genuinely have missed it. That's good. I like that one. And we're out. See you soon, Paul. All right. See you, mate. Bye, listeners. Mate, no, where did you see it? No one. Every time they hear that, everybody feels a tra la la. They want to throw their cares away.